I am incredibly excited today because I'm gonna do, and I'm not doing that many of these, so they're super, super special, um, a sneak peek into one of our live workshops that we do inside of the Thrive Muslim community. And the way that they're different is we're not just gonna do like bring someone on, interview them, that's it. No, no, no. This is somebody who is certified or licensed, and we're bringing on professional Muslim women, which I also love, so we can you know promote and support them. And they're coming in and they're doing like a mini workshop or lesson on whatever expertise they're on. Today just happens to be on weight loss, the four secrets of like why we're just not finally losing weight or can't motivate ourselves or can't stop snacking or whatever. Uh, Sister Hanan comes on and she gets super, super real. She's a certified personal trader. She even deals with postpartum and you know, like all the stuff like after a baby or whether you've had a baby, you haven't had a baby. She even helped the sisters on there. You're going to hear in the Q&A with issues they were having on injuries that were stopping them. She has like special exercises. I mean, it was so much jam-packed in just like 15 to 20 minutes. So I know you're going to benefit from as much as I did and all the other sisters, but the last thing I'll throw in that she did um, definitely give us, which was like gold, was she gave us a PDF with all, not just the cliff notes of her talk, but also um, worksheets that she only gives her coaching clients that people pay hourly for. So like if you ever want to like a private trainer and know like what are the next steps to get yourself motivated and into it, like she gave it to us for free. So if you are a Thrive member and you did not catch this workshop, the replay is inside of the Thrive Muslim community. I know a lot of you guys, um, we said the first 25 people on Instagram or Facebook were gonna get in just for free as a sneak peek, but the replays and the PDFs and all that are only for Thrive members. So thank you guys so much for like giving me all your amazing feedback. Definitely if you're a member, go in there and grab those and rewatch that and rewatch again and let's start continuing with that conversation that's there. Because the, the great thing with these live workshops is it doesn't just end there now. Because we have the community, there's like this after party of conversation that is able to happen. So definitely dive in there, catch that replay, leave us that feedback and definitely catch that PDF, which is so, so amazing. All right, let's get into it. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor and then we're going to jump right in to the workshop with Hanan, the four secrets to weight loss. If you've always um, had a struggle with that and kind of had to overcome that. And she even, like I said, covers things with injuries. So definitely listen all the way to the Q&A. Let's get started. Today we are going to be um, doing a workshop that I'm very, very excited about. It is, um, we have a sister named uh, Hanan Fadel and she's actually a certified personal trainer. And I'm going to read her bio really quick and just dive in and let her get in. But first I just wanted to say thank you so much for all of you for um, coming and participating. And we're excited to have a lot more of these workshops and even um, maybe have Hanan on in the future. And Hanan is an ACE certified personal trainer. She's a certified consistency coach and a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. But more importantly, she's a mom of two little girls. And nine years ago, Hanan actually gained 40 pounds in a mere few months. She felt sluggish all the time and she actually felt, you know, she couldn't fit in her clothes. I think a lot of us can relate <laughs> to those experiences. And she wanted so badly, like so many of us, to create positive changes in her life, but she just couldn't seem to gain control of her eating habits. So, um, 
After about a year of feeling miserable, she took some action and Hanan is now a personal trainer who specializes in helping women, just like you and I, make positive changes even when life feels overwhelming. So her main vision is to help women gain control of their bodies and their health because she believes we are the rocks of society. So um, this helps moms, you know, translate all that they're doing into just being happy moms who feel really, really good about themselves. And she helps women achieve their goals through fitness that feels good and through developing consistent healthy habits. So um, after this, by the way, we'll put up a link. You can keep up with Hanan on Instagram for daily inspiration and tips um, at Hanan Fidel underscore. We'll put that up there. And second, if you are a Thrive Muslim member, you will also get access to this amazing PDF that she has that is actually um, going to have stuff that she only gives her coaching clients, which is amazing and we're so excited about. So thank you so much, Hanan. We're so excited to have you here. And you can just dive right in. I'm going to pass, you know, the floor to you and you're going to tell us all about how we can go on this journey and have these amazing weight loss secrets. Okay. Awesome. And we are recording. So that's perfect. Do you have my video pinned just in case to like the recording or I don't know how you want to do it. I'm sure you have that all taken care of, right? That which video are you talking about? So, um, just if you want to pin my video and then that way when you're recording, when people see it, they can see me yeah. talking. Yeah, I'm trying to, it's on speaker view. Do you see yourself now? Yes. Okay. Okay, perfect. Okay, assalamu alaikum. I guess I'll get started. It's so nice to have you all here. I'm very excited. Everyone's here live. So um, uh, my name is Hanan um, and I'm a personal trainer. I work with women. I used to work with women in person and now I work with women um, exclusively online, but I'm extremely passionate about helping women. Um, being controlled how they feel and learn how to, um, you know, exercise and eat in a way that nourishes their body, but also their mind. Uh, can not only help your body, but also your mind, and then eventually will trickle out into other areas, areas of your life. So I really wanted to talk about how I gained 40 pounds um, about nine years ago and then how I lost it. And I kept it off as a mom of two very young children while working out exclusively from home. So I think a lot of the time um, we tend to think that, you know, we have to have all this fancy equipment. We have to have like all these fancy workout routines um, to lose weight. And everything is very confusing. You don't know if you should go keto. Should you try low carb? Should you try high carb? Should you do cardio? Should you do strength training? There's a lot of confusion. Um, and when you feel really uncomfortable with the way that you look and feel in your clothes, it can be really discouraging when you try a bunch of different things and nothing works for you. So I'm really going to give you um, the tools that I use to lose the weight and keep it off for the last, uh, I want to say last eight years. So I gained 40 pounds in the first place because my diet really consisted of bagels and cream cheese, pancakes, Chinese food, sandwiches, Lebanese food, I'm Lebanese, and Timbits. I'm originally Canadian. So I ate anything and everything. And um, I didn't realize how badly food was affecting me. Um, and I had eventually gained 40, maybe even 50 pounds over the course of a year. More importantly than that, I felt extremely sluggish. I was um, just, I had so much brain fog and my clothes were consistently getting tighter and tighter. And I keep I had to keep buying clothes that were bigger for me. Um, and it just got to a point where I remember getting up one time from praying and my pants were like digging into 
my belly and I could barely breathe. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I cannot buy another size up. This is ridiculous. Um, so that was kind of like my low point realizing that, you know, I had to just keep buying bigger and bigger clothes. And it, and I knew that if I didn't change something, it, it was not going to change. It was just going to continue to get worse. Um, and so, you know, all of those symptoms, they were not fun to deal with. And then the not fitting into my clothes is very uncomfortable. But I'm telling you all of this because, you know, to be the best Muslims that we can be and the best humans that we can be, we really can't neglect the needs of our physical body. You know, our body is a vessel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entrusted us with to take care of. And if we don't have good health, I really believe that, you know, besides health and religion, we don't have a lot right? I mean, when you have good health, you are able to take care of your family better. You'll have more energy. You're happier. You can work better on your side hustle, your business, or at work. Um, you know, it's easier to focus if you're in school and getting a degree. You don't have as much brain fog. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of these things are in our control, um, losing weight, feeling healthy. And so I want to go over the four main things that I did to lose that 40 pounds that I gained. So number one, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this as a mom, I gave myself permission to not, to be imperfect. I gave myself permission to be imperfect. So to not have the perfect workout, to work out while my kids were crawling all over me, to work out in my small living room apartment, to work out with the small amount of, equip of equipment that I had available. And if you follow me on Instagram, I have more equipment now over the years it's taken me. But when I first started, I only had a few pieces of equipment. I worked out in my very small living room and I just made it work. Um, you know, and to work out even when I felt tired, right? You're never, this is the thing. So many people, women say to me, I just don't feel motivated. I just can't stay consistent. Well, no one feels motivated right? It's rare for you to wake up and be like, I really want to work out this morning. No, like you're going to want to sit on the couch and drink your coffee or your tea and read or just, you know, do something else besides working out. It takes energy to go to get into motion. But once you're in motion, it's easier to sustain that motion, right? So that's, that's often why it's so hard to get started with exercising. But once you, you start exercising and you start making a habit, it's a lot easier to maintain it. Um, so in life, I also, you know, a lot of the times I think that we're just waiting. We're waiting for things to be perfect. We're waiting for things to fall in place. We're waiting for the right conditions to present themselves, you know, and that probably sounds familiar to you. That's something that a lot of us do. But the thing about waiting for the right conditions is they never come. They never come. And this is the thing. You have to take the first step and then the rest of your life will follow suit. You have to take the first step and let your life catch up with you. You have to take that brave action, that brave initiative, that even when things feel like they're collapsing around you, you are going to keep moving forward and you're sending a signal to everything and everyone else around you that I'm going to make this happen. Work with me. Right? So, um, you know, and a lot of the times, you know, when you join a new program or when you start exercising, or when you start eating healthy, then the next day your in-laws bring over cake and you think, oh, look, it wasn't the right time. Or, you know, or you join a new exercise program and um, a week later your husband's like, let's go on vacation. And you're like, see, oh, it wasn't the right time, right? So there's going to be, those things are going to pop up. When you decide to take 
change, to make a change, it's going to be challenging. And think of it as life throwing challenges your way. And it's going to basically test your resolve. Like how strongly do you want to make this change, right? So you have to have that attitude that things are going to be so imperfect. And that's just the, the reality of life that if you want to make this a lifelong habit, expect the unexpected, expect things to be thrown at you. But the good thing is that we can um, prepare for things to, to happen. So a lot of the times what I'll do with my clients, I'm reading your minds. Oh my gosh, so funny. A lot of times with my clients, I'll say, we'll, we'll have a worksheet. And I think I gave you guys the worksheet in the PDF, um, a habit mapping worksheet. So let's say you crave sugar every night after your kids go to sleep. And what you're going to do is you're going to, okay, so 9 p.m. every night, that's the time that you want chips, sugar, ice cream, anything and everything after your kids go to sleep because you're so tired and you have insane cravings. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your habit mapping worksheet or just take a piece of paper and you're going to say, okay, um, when 9 p.m. comes, if I'm craving chocolate ice cream, then I'm going to blank, blank, blank. So you're going to make an action plan. What are you going to do? instead of eating the ice cream. Because a lot of the times, and there's nothing wrong with ice cream. I'll just say that. There's nothing wrong with eating what you're craving. But how do you feel when you eat that food that you're craving? If you, if you start loathing yourself, you start stressing out because you're never going to reach your goals. Um, you think, oh my, you think of yourself as very weak because, and no willpower because you're eating the ice cream again, even though you told yourself you want to lose X amount of weight, that's going to create more stress for you. And I talk a lot about the brain, your brain's mission statement, avoid pain, seek pleasure. So when you are in that state of you're eating your ice cream, even though you made the decision to stop eating sugar, you start thinking thoughts of self-loathing, you start stressing out, your brain starts signaling um, uh, pain because of the thoughts that you're thinking and the reaction you're having to eating the ice cream. And then it's gonna make you, and then you're gonna start eating even more because your brain is trying to get more pleasure to get rid of the pain. So then you're like, okay, well, I'm just gonna eat the whole pantry because I already started. And then you're just, that's your brain trying to move into pleasure. So it's a vicious cycle. But then afterwards you feel extremely guilty, right? So it, it kind of, it, it's, not, it's not serving us to feel that guilt when we eat the ice cream, but where, like, how can we find a balance? So initially, if you feel like you have such strong cravings towards food and you just can't control yourself once you have one bite, that's where we need to kind of figure out what's going on. There's something a little bit deeper, right? And that might be that you're just literally not eating all day and then you're starving at night and you end up binging on anything and everything. So literally, it could be such a simple fix as let's try eating every four hours is it going to be hard? Yes. You're probably not going to want to eat at lunchtime. But if we can just prepare a little bit of food on the weekend, that way you can just grab it, eat a palm-sized portion of protein, some vegetables, a little bit of carbs every four hours, you might notice a huge difference in your cravings at night. And it could be something as simple as that, right? It could be something else. It could be a little bit more emotional for us because trauma is stored in the body as well. And so when we have trauma and pain that we haven't worked through, we could also reach for food um, in that way. So I totally went on a tangent, but I hope some of that was helpful. So, so number one is I want you to give yourself permission to be imperfect. 
Give yourself permission to mess up. Give yourself permission to not know what the heck you're doing in your workout. Give yourself permission to work out in your small living room. Give yourself permission to work out with whatever you have around you, even if that's a jug of water. Okay, take the first step and the rest of your life will follow suit. Number two, so I'm going over the four things that help me lose 40 pounds and keep it off. My rule of thumb, work out before the day gets ahead of you. And as moms, I know probably all of you understand once your kids are up, it's over, game, over, game on, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, I want a smoothie, I want, I want this, I want a banana, I wanna do this, I wanna do this, I want, and it's kind of like, it's like it goes from one thing to the next, you're like, and you just, you're just frazzled immediately, right? When you, if you are able, and I know it's so hard, and if you have a really young baby who's waking up multiple times a night, this might not work for you. I did not wake up early when my kids were still waking up multiple times a night. Alhamdulillah, they are sleeping through the night now because they're a little bit older. So just take, take into consideration that. But if your kids are, are not, are sleeping through the night and you feel like you're getting enough rest, then slowly start waking up earlier. And the way that you can do this is by starting the night before. Our mornings always start with the night before. And that means how early are you getting to bed? You know, is there anything that you can prepare for the next morning to be successful? So, um, oh, salty stuff. Yeah, salty cravings too. Yeah, don't eat all day and then eat half the pantry and your kids go to bed. Yeah, that's so common. Um, so uh, preparing the night before, getting to bed half an hour earlier, you know, trying to make the goal maybe to go to bed right after Aisha if it's not too, if Aisha is not too early. But, you know, and then it'll be easier to wake up earlier in the day. Setting your alarm. I mean, I wake up, I know this is not realistic for a lot of people. I wake up at, you know, 5 a.m. most days. But I'm telling you, and let me tell you, when I first started doing this, Oh, it was, it was terrible. It was so hard. It was so hard. Like I, it took every ounce of motivation of willpower, not motivation, willpower to get out of bed. And then it literally took me like an hour to wake up. It felt like, but when you work out in the morning, even if you're dead tired, it's better than coffee. I'm telling you. So try and get up in the morning and work out if you can, before your kids get up, if your kids get up, that's fine. Give them a banana give them some crayons or something to entertain them and do 20 minutes. It's all you need to do. So you've been trying to do this, but definitely give into the tiredness. I know. And you know what? If you keep giving into the tiredness, don't give up. Just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying and make dua that Allah makes it easy for you. And inshallah, one day you will be able to do it. And the reason I like telling people to work out in the morning is oftentimes other things come up. So at the end of the day, you know, maybe your husband needs something from you. Maybe there's an appointment you need to get to and it took longer than you thought. And honestly, at the, near the afternoon, end of the day, you just get tired too, right? You just tend to feel tired and it's harder to push yourself to work out then, especially when you're starting to create a habit. So I always say, try and get it in at the beginning of the day because something always comes up later. Um, number three, how I, how I lost 40 pounds and kept it off. I kept things super simple and very consistent. Okay. So when it comes to working out, um, I often see my clients and my friends do the following. Okay, they join a new exercise program to lose weight. They go really hardcore for two to four weeks and they feel really motivated. They're like, yes, I'm really gonna do it this time. At the end of the four weeks, um, they haven't seen results. And then on top of that, there's a birthday party to attend with lots of cake. So she throws a towel in and decides it's not the right time. Then two months later, after not exercising, she joined the different program and is hoping that maybe this program this time has the secrets that she's looking for to lose weight, right? So 
this happens a lot and I lost 40 pounds and kept it off by doing basic, simple exercises consistently. You have to give yourself more than six weeks, more than eight weeks, more than six months, I would argue, to see a difference. So the staple exercises I did were squats, deadlifts, push-ups, planks, rowing exercises, shoulder presses, single leg exercise variations. So I know that probably sounds really um, confusing, like what the heck are you talking about? Um, I, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I, I often show a lot of the exercises that I do um, and you guys can get some ideas from that. Um, and so the workouts I did mostly consisted of body weight resistance and resistance exercises with weights. So not only does this help you torch fat, it also helps you tighten up and increase your metabolism, which is why I love, love, love strength training so much. And it's the first thing I start doing with all my clients. We start with body weight and as they get stronger, we start to incorporate weights. Um, and I stayed consistent with these basic resistance exercises. Um, for about, for, I mean, for months. I started exercising eight weeks postpartum. I was in no rush to get started again. And I think a lot of women are in a rush to get back to normal. It will come, inshallah. I think when there's that, I like to rest postpartum. I like to sleep. <laughs> so if you're not sleeping, it's, you're gonna, it's gonna be hard, right? So, you know, sleep is also a huge factor in fat loss. And a lot of people overlook that. So don't um, neglect your sleep as well. Um, and if you're in a phase of your life where you're not sleeping, you know, it's okay to wait a little bit or do very short workouts until you are sleeping a little bit more and a little bit uh, more deeply. Um, and last thing I'll say about this is do not be afraid to lift weights and increase the weight. I think um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of women are so scared about having perfect form and then they're scared to lift heavier weights. The heavier you lift with good form, of course, it's gonna help you tighten a lot more. It's gonna make you strong, tone your muscles and help you tighten up. It's not gonna make you bulky, which is a lot, another common misconception. And someone said here, Amina said, um, can you do those exercises if you have a C-section and five months postpartum? Yeah, there's a lot of exercises you can do. A lot, a lot, a lot. And there's a lot of exercises that you can do to strengthen your core from the C-section, absolutely. Um, okay, last thing I will say, because we're running out of time, is I just want you to understand how your brain works and work with it rather than against it. So we spoke about your brain a little bit. So um, this took me years to figure out on my own. Um, it's just, you have to experiment with your own self. Everyone is different, but, um, and you don't, and I wanna make this very clear. You don't repeat poor choices because of some kind of personal character flaw or deficiency. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you because you cannot stick to working out or you can't lose weight. And I wanna make that very, very clear. And I think women especially tend to, to think, always think there's something wrong with us. And there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, like I said, experimentation. Look at, look at it as data. If something didn't work with you, it's data. It's giving you information. This thing didn't work. Did you not do it long enough? Were you not lifting heavy enough weights or working out intensely enough? Were you not sleeping enough? Were you not eating enough? There's a lot of different factors and I know it can seem very overwhelming, but tackling these things one thing at a time and really having compassion with yourself 
that these changes are not easy, especially if you don't have support from other people around you. And that's why having a community like this, mashallah, is so amazing. It's bringing women together from all over the world with, with similar mindsets, and we can, inshallah, support each other. But having support is also huge. Um, okay, so I, I mean, I want to end it there. I went a little bit over, but um, the mind, I didn't talk a lot about it, but if you guys have access to the PDF, I talk a ton about the mind and the PDF and how it works, and it's going to shed some light on what's really going on inside your head when you can't stick to exercise or eating healthy. And there's a document in there that you can fill out a little worksheet to help you create better habits for yourself, inshallah. Oh, that was just amazing. That was like power packed in just a couple minutes. And I'm really, really impressed. And I think so many of us can relate to so many things that you were saying. Um, honestly, um, you were so real about it. That's what I actually really, really love. Um, so we're going to jump into the Q&A and you can ask anything you want down below. But um, yeah, so I want to just tell one thing some women are asking me and they're private messaging me. So one, so if you're a Thrive Muslim member, you're going to access to the PDF like I put in the chat and you're going to also get, so the PDF is really cool because because at the bottom of the PDF, she has a link where you can click on and get access to so much of the stuff that she only gives her private clients and coaching, which I think is gold because these things are very expensive and she's extremely generous to us, number one. So if you're a member, you're going to see that in the workshop section of the membership. Number two, we'll also will have a replay for Thrive members in the workshop um, section of the membership. And um, three, I'm going to start a thread for a conversation so we could take all this awesome stuff that she's been talking to us about and uh, definitely, definitely continue that conversation after this workshop. So Hanan is going to, um, by the way, um, after the Q&A, she's going to drop some links where you can contact her if you want to directly start to ask her more questions as well or work with her, which will be amazing. So um, if you have any questions, I'm going to go into the chat now. I do have some other questions that women have sent me. So I'm going to start with those until I see more. And if things come up that you think about while we're doing this, please definitely put them in the chat. Okay. So Hanan, the first one is, um, I love that you touched on motivation because a lot of women, they do feel unmotivated. And I get that question all the time. Like, what do I do? I don't feel like whatever. And I loved how you touched on like, you just got to start. You're never going to be ready. You know, it's really funny. People ask me the same thing with hijab. When should I start wearing? I'm like, it's never going to be an amazing time. You're never going to be super religious. So stop waiting. They just put it on, you know, like good, like just do it. So, um, yeah, like, so like, what do we, what would you say? Like, okay, so they are unmotivated um, and they are kind of just waiting and they're like, uh, so what are some next practical steps if they could like wake up tomorrow to get themselves to do something? Like, what might you say to a person like that? Mm -hmm. Who still feels unmotivated. Yeah. yeah, who still feels unmotivated. So the way that you're going to create motivation and now, now after a year, like 10 years of working out consistently, I do feel motivated a lot of the time to work out, but that didn't come naturally at all. I hated working out, hated it for probably this first six months that I did it. Not going to lie. Like I gave my, the instructors at the gym, dirty looks. Okay. <laughs> I hated it. And mashallah, my mom was one of the fitness instructors and, she, and I had gained weight and she was worried about me. And she had never told me that she wanted me to lose weight because she was scared I'd become self-conscious. So mashallah, may Allah bless her. She told me, Hey, why don't you come to my fitness classes? And this is another reason I say support is so important because if you have a friend who also has the same goals as you or who's there to help support you, it's so helpful. So that's number one, I would say when you're not feeling motivated, if you have someone who you know has the same goals as you, or, um, you know, reach out to some of your friends and say, Hey, I'm, I want to try this new fitness routine and I'm looking for an accountability partner to help me stay on track. Even when I don't feel like exercising, is that something that sounds 
um, like something you'd be interested in, right? So number one, finding someone to help support you. And you can even do this with your husband if you want to. Um, and then number two, creating an environment that's going to um, create success for you around your goals. So motivation is not something that you can rely on. Neither is willpower. That's why you have to set up your environment for success. And that means simple things like, okay, if you want to start eating healthier, go through your pantry and be honest with yourself and throw out the things or give away the things that you just know are not or, you know, maybe just finish them up and then decide, okay, once I'm done with these cookies, I'm not going to purchase them again. And what my, my, me and my husband do, I don't have junk food in the pantry. So when we're craving something, we go out to eat it, we eat it, we're done. We're not bringing it in the house, right? And, and that's not all the time, but that's a lot of the times what I do because I know that if it's sitting on the counter and you're seeing those M&Ms in the counter all day, you're going to eat them, especially the the number of times that you cross by it and that you see it, by the end of the day, your willpower is going down and down and down. You're going to end up reaching for it just because, just because they're there. You might not even be hungry. So another thing that you can do, and for me, this is a huge cue for me, having little cues before you do something like working out. When I put my workout clothes on, that to me, my body's like, okay, game on, let's go. But if I'm not wearing my workout clothes, I don't feel the same motivation to work out. Also, um, I have this, I, I, I don't take that many supplements, but I take BioSteel. It's like one of my favorite supplements. I recommend it to all my clients. It's like amino acids. It has electrolytes and um, B vitamins and it tastes amazing. And I like to work out in the morning. In the morning, I'm, it, I, you know, it gives you energy. And also if you're a little bit hungry in the morning, it takes off the edge because it has amino acids in it. So it gives you like this boost of energy. So I take that. It has no caffeine in it. I take that and I put on my workout clothes and that is my cue. And as soon as I do those, those two things, I'm telling you ladies, no matter how tired I'm feeling, my body knows that the next step is working out. So this is part of the habit. You have the cue, the routine and the reward. So we have to create cues and my cue is workout clothes, bio seal. The routine is exercise. The reward is I feel really good. So um, creating some cues. And if that means, that means maybe you need to go buy a workout outfit or designate something in your closet. This is my workout outfit or pick a couple outfits. And you know that when you put this workout outfit on and you put on your sneakers, you're ready to go. And it literally could be something as simple as that, that you're just not doing. Another thing I'll, I'll finish with is that, um, when you're creating new habits, it's very difficult. So don't expect this to happen every single day, fail proof every single time. There might be days where you put on your workout clothes, it still, still doesn't happen. When you, when you don't feel like working out, I want, I want you guys to take this away from you. Put on your workout clothes, put on your sneakers, grab a glass of water, put some lemon in it or whatever you want to make it taste good. And if you don't end up working out, that's okay. You put on your workout clothes, which is still a huge, huge win. And I actually tell my clients on the days that are crazy busy, you're tired and don't feel like working out, please put on your workout clothes. And that's all I want you to do. Put them on. And a lot of times you'll end up working out just because you're wearing them. That's great. I love, I love all those suggestions. And it's really funny. I like how you, you talked about the food as well, because we're very much on the same page in terms of like, so I have something, actually, I just want to let women know in the Thrive Muslim membership, we're trying, if you're trying to move towards a healthier diet, which, you know, goes along with the exercise, we actually have an entire video on how to move towards a more whole food diet of, you know, natural things. And 
in it, we have all these PDFs on like how to clean house, how to like clear your cupboards, how to like bring in new things, how to go shopping. Yeah, downloadable um, grocery list already for them. We have all of that. So that totally goes in sync. Love it, love it. Jazakallah Okay, I have a ton, a flurry of private and public questions. So I'm just gonna go to another one that I found. Um, so um, one sister was asking about, um, so how do you, how are you consistent if you don't live in a place where you have a lot of access to healthier foods, since we just happen to be on the food thing, like what are your suggestions for them? I mean, I would think Amazon or something or fresh foods or, but maybe you, you know better than me. Yeah, that's a good idea. The Amazon or the fresh food, if you can get food delivery, is that an option? If yeah, I don't know if the person lives in another country, like certain countries, they block, you know, certain things. But yeah, as far as that, that's what I've had to do before. But I don't know anything else. If you don't have access to fresh foods or whole foods, you know, first of all, um, I mean, I think any food is something that we should always be grateful for. And, and I don't want you to think of any food as bad, right? There's no such thing as bad food. Food is food. And you're not bad for eating certain foods or good for eating certain foods. A lot of times we attach these terms to foods and then we attach our worth to what we're eating. Um, I think always saying, you know, this is really basic, but always saying bismillah before you eat, making sure you're making dua, asking Allah to bless your food for you no matter what you're eating, can completely change how you digest your food. Um, right, number two is eat really slowly. Every time you take a bite, take a bite and then put your fork down. Chew your food, be really aware of it, pick up your fork, take another bite. So just being mindful and making sure that you're eating with family and you're not eating alone. So try to create an atmosphere where you're all sitting around the table. And it's kind of like growing up, we didn't eat together, my family. And my husband's family did. And so that's kind of something that he's brought into our family, which I really like. So everyone sits down, we all wait for each other, which in the beginning of our marriage, I was like, this is so weird. Like I'm hungry, I'm just gonna eat. But um, slowly we've done this now where we wait for everyone to sit down. We sat at the table and we have like a formal like dinner, not for, it's like, it's not formal, but you know, it's nice that everyone can kind of, we wait for everyone, we eat together and we finish together. Um, and just, and just having that and having some conversation while you're eating makes a huge difference. You eat a lot less normally. Um, and even if you don't eat less, it helps with cortisol, right? It helps bring down your stress hormones, which also helps you digest your food better. So number one, you know, bismillah, always making drop and, and being grateful for the food that we have. And then number two, being really mindful, putting your fork down between bites. And number three, eating as a family also really helps. Excellent. Really, really good suggestions. Um, there's a one sister she has, I'm just trying to go through them because we have so many. Um, one sister that she has a question, do you have any exercises that you think are good for someone who has sciatica? Yeah, um, a lot of breathing exercises for sciatica. I do a lot of, there's a couple breathing exercises that I do with my clients that will probably help you literally right after you do it. Basically with sciatica, there's too much pressure in your low back. You probably have a lot of tension in your low back. So when you're breathing, you want your rib cage goes 360 around your body. A lot of people just breathe forward into their chest or their belly, but you actually want to breathe into your back too. So you want to expand your ribs like this when you're breathing. Okay. So, um, so what, what you can do actually, like we can do a really quick two second exercise. I don't know what you want. What yeah, you for sure. For sure. So if you guys want to, um, lay on the ground, I'm going to actually move this so you can see me. Let me just fix my okay all right so i'm going to show you guys this is really it's going to be a weird way of breathing but it's life-changing okay so you're going to lay on your back this is how i teach my clients how to breathe you're going to lay on your back 
feet flat, hands on your chest and your belly. Let's take five deep breaths and just see where your hand is rising and falling. Now, I want you to inhale through your nose. When you exhale, you're gonna sigh through your mouth. And I want you to exhale all the air out of your belly possible. So it's gonna look like this. Now, you're gonna press your hands down into your belly after you exhale. So we're gonna press our ribs down into the floor. You're gonna press your low back into the floor. So we're gonna take a nice deep inhale. Imagine inhaling into your ribs through your nose. Inhale. Now exhale and sigh and press your ribs down. Now you're gonna hold your ribs there. I want you to pretend like there's a rock on your stomach, a boulder. Now take a nice deep inhale and try not to let your hand on your stomach rise. Where is the air gonna go? So if you can see my hand's not moving, now look at my hand now. Now it is. So I can change where the air is going in my body. So if I press down here, I can inhale into my back and you might feel pressure go down into your back. So for your sciatica, there's a lot of things you can do, but one exercise you can do is called a rock back exercise. You can bring your knees together. You can bring your arms on the ground, palms facing the ceiling, and you can all do this if you have any type of low back pain as well. You're gonna round your mid back. So I have some scoliosis, a little bit hard for me to round my, my low back, but tuck your bum and round your low back and you're gonna push the floor away gently. Now you're gonna take an inhale through your nose. Try and inhale for three seconds. Exhale and sigh. Again, exhale all the air out of your belly. Inhale into your back right here. Exhale and sigh. And you're gently pushing the floor away as you exhale. And you wanna make sure you look forward so you can breathe a little easier. So that's an exercise that you can do um, you can do 10 breaths a day in that position. You're going to imagine inhaling into your back, exhaling and sighing. Um, and when you sigh, it's going to activate your deep abdominals. So someone asked about a C-section and even postpartum, you're strengthening the abs when you sigh like that. That's the purpose of doing that. And breathing into your back is going to, you're, you're probably thinking like, what the heck is that? It's, it's really weird, but you'll get it, Inshallah. Um, it takes practice. That was amazing. And thank you so much for like actually getting on hands and knees and making it really visual for us. You know, and if you guys don't know Hanan, if you ever checked out her Instagram channel, she's always doing things like right there. Watch me how I do it right now. And it's really easy to follow along with her. And she has amazing, amazing workouts and videos. So I suggest if you like that, like definitely, definitely catch her there more as well. Um, Hanan, I have a question about what we should eat after an exercise. That would be really good for us. Okay, so after exercising, it really depends. I'm not going to lie. Yesterday, I had a bowl of chips and coffee after my workout. <laughs> but I was rushing. I had a client right after. Uh, so just keeping it real. But I had chips. They were fried in avocado oil, though, so they were healthier. But um, normally, I would say like a palm-sized portion of protein. And this can be plant-based protein or meat of choice, like chicken, fish, beef, whatever you like. 
a handful of vegetables. It could be leafy greens with some sort of salad dressing, or you could do steamed vegetables or sauteed, however you like. And then you're gonna do a fist of carbs. So like rice, you could do sweet potato, you could do quinoa, oats, whatever you want. That's usually what I say. What I say. That was amazing. Good. And um, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was wondering what you might suggest. Um, somebody asked, like, what are some great exercises if you have knee pain? Because, you know, that's something that always stops people. I, I know that. That's hard. Oh, if you have knee pain, a lot of times it's coming from your foot um, or your glute. So um, something that you could do is you might just need to modify exercises and go like in a squat, go halfway down, do foam roller squats against the wall. So you're gonna put like a foam roller behind your back or a, a big Swiss ball, and you can use that against the wall to help you squat and it's a lot easier. Um, I mean, I do a lot of strengthening exercises for the knee in my group classes. If that's something that you guys, some of you would be interested in, I'll post a link eventually or after this. But um, it's really hard to just like, I'd have to show you a bunch of different exercises, but inshallah, I'm planning a post on Instagram where I'm going to show you five of my favorite exercises for knee health. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. And like, like she said, for whoever is in the, the membership after, we'll have a whole bunch of links. So no worries. Um, I wanted to ask um, and definitely check out the Instagram. That's, that's really good. Cause actually um, my parents are going through that and they're trying to exercise and strength train too. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's hard. All different ages. We have different issues yeah. going on. Um, I'm just letting somebody in the room that's coming in. Um, okay. So um, another question, I think I have like two more um, is how can um, if you have, okay. So like if you have a new baby and, or you have a child, sometimes this happens as I know you have kids too like they could be one two or three their sleeping patterns are so off so sometimes you just like you have one child that just sleeps and you have another child he's like I am never sleeping ever so you wake up tired groggy and you're trying to do this consistency thing but it's just not happening like what do you give advice to like a woman who's just like still waking up tired all the time because they they have these situations I'm gonna be honest I have some women who work with me and they're they start when their babies are really young, I would say two, three months, and they have a really hard time losing weight and they could be doing everything right, but because they're not sleeping, they'll, and I have a whole book on this, that if you're not sleeping, it might be, you could even be doing everything right. It might be really hard for you to lose weight because sleep is so, so important for weight loss. Um, and I, again, I think it's so underlooked or overlooked. Yeah. So Number one, again, just having compassion with yourself and like the, the stage that you're in. And I know because I've been there and um, it's so hard to count a lot. And the thing is exercising will make you feel good and it will help during that phase. You could lose weight even if you're not sleeping. It's really individual depending on how much stress you have going on in other areas of your life. So planning two workouts a week for 20 minutes. Well, is that something that could work for you? And I want to literally put this into perspective for you. And for anyone who feels like they don't have time to work out, Okay, I actually, so my clients work out with me 90 minutes a week. That's three 30-minute sessions, let's say, okay? That's, there's 10,080 minutes of, in a week, and my clients work out with me 90 minutes a week. That's 0.0089% of your week. It's not even, it's not even 0, 0.0, it's not even 0.1% of your week. It's 0.0089% of your week. So even though you're not sleeping, you know, but you do want to make exercise a priority. That's why you're here. If you can do two 20 minute workouts, that's even less than 90 minutes a week. That's 40 minutes a week. You'll be good to go. Like that will be, I mean, and do it at a time of day where you feel the most energetic. And that could be in the afternoon when you're, when your children are napping, that could be at night after they go to sleep. I have had clients who they just, they, that's the only time they have. So that's what they do. 
it could be early in the morning, even though you feel very groggy. So when you feel groggy in the morning, if you can only commit to two days a week, like I'm saying, two 20 minute, two 20 minute workouts, two days a week, do it in the morning. Even when you feel groggy, just put a timer on, put your workout clothes on and just start and tell yourself after five minutes, if you feel, this is how I kind of gauge it. If you feel so tired and so lethargic and so terrible, uh, I hate the saying, never regret a workout. I've totally regretted workouts when I was, <laughs> I totally have regretted workouts because if you feel more terrible after the workout than you did when you started, you probably should have slept. Mm -hmm. So if you five to 10 minutes into the workout, you start feeling even worse than you did stop. But if you start feeling better, then continue. Um, so that's kind of how I, what I use for people when you're not getting enough sleep or you're too stressed out or tired. That's great. And, and I love how realistic you are. I mean, like there's that, an ideal way of doing things. And then there's the whole give ourselves permission because there's times of our life. And I have women, you know, it's funny because I do different things and they say, I want to start a business. Um, and I just had a baby and I'm like, there are phases of your life. This might not be the time. It doesn't mean you can't do it because you have kids. It's just like, you have to sometimes give your, yourself permission to go through a certain period of time and then just do something after or, or work with what you got. Like in the meantime, just be realistic, you know, alhamdulillah. Okay, so lastly, I see a sister here. She's asking, um, whatever, whenever I start working out, even if it's just cardio, I get a reactive burning sensation under my shoulder blade. Can you recommend some stretches or workouts for this? Or is this just a matter of stretching strengthening. And you know, I was thinking about that too, when you talked about the knee, like I have a severe ankle injury. And so I tend to do less impact, you know, low impact things are no impact as much as possible. So, but I find as soon as I strengthen that part of my body, when I go on and do other exercises, it doesn't affect it as much. So I don't know if that, I know you're not, we're not having like a doctor session in terms of what is going on with your shoulder blade, but in terms of maybe that related to strengthening or stretching, what are you, what are you thinking might be some good suggestions for the sister? It's probably related to both. And I feel like a lot of it is core weakness. And then we end up compensating in other areas. Yeah. So if you're doing a row and you're not bracing your core properly, then maybe you're pulling too hard with your arms and that could cause the burning sensation. But it's also creating space. Like I said, when we breathe into our back, a lot of times we're just breathing one way. We don't want to breathe both ways into our back and to our front. So that rock back exercise that I showed you where you're doing this, imagine breathing into your upper back when you take an inhale. Just visualize it, even though you don't feel it. Visualize when you inhale and you're in this position and you exhale, push your forearms against the ground, and that's gonna create space between your shoulder blades and allow it to stretch. It's like, when you breathe this way, we're stretching from the inside out. That's what we wanna do, we're stretching from the inside out. Sometimes when we're stretching, like the normal stretches, it's not doing much. When you're, we're literally expanding from the inside out to create space in your body and to bring more oxygen in. So when you breathe into your upper back, you're gonna create space and stretch from the inside out. So imagine that when you're doing that. Um, and then core strengthening, I definitely would recommend that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Hanan. And um, before I do the outro, um, Hanan, can you throw up, I put up your IG handle, but I'm not sure if there's any other links and try to go on the chat and look right now, guys, as we're closing. Um, Hanan just gave us a ton of information. I can imagine that after you leave the session and you go on, you might have more questions. So um, two things, just a reminder, if you're in the Thrive Muslim community, we are going to be having um, like an entire talk session. I'm going to repost this whole thing with the Q&A and then we can chat more about it. And then I could link you to anything else 
that she's given us in the PDFs. But if you're a person after that who wants to reach Hanan, I want you to take a look at her links and I want you to also um, DM me if you, you know, didn't get a chance to catch it or um, Hanan, like I said here, she's in mindbodyelevation.com. And um, she um, also, I put her IG handle here, which is Hanan Fadel, her name, um, F-A-D-E-L underscore. And that's where you'll find her on IG. And you see that she does like daily exercise and workouts and all these types of things, like so related. I'm sure you can DM her. She can let you know about her group sessions, her whatever. I mean, we're here just to actually provide you resources. And I think you gave us just, just so much stuff to start with. And I, I love that it was starting with us thinking about like giving ourselves permission to do what we need to do and not feel like we have to compare ourselves to like an Instagram post. And that, that is yeah. so good because I think that makes us all feel a lot more motivated that, okay, I can start where I am. And then also like um, how you can move forward and just get a bit more advanced and, and just change our whole lifestyle. And the fact that we're all together talking about this, I think we also don't talk enough about the fact that we're all sitting in our homes alone, especially with COVID-19. It's not so motivating when you don't have a sisterhood. So the fact that we're coming together here or on Thrive Muslim, I think it just gives us an opportunity to really feel that support. So thank you so much, Hanan, for taking time out of your day. And if you guys really like Hanan, definitely DM me that this was helpful and we'll see if we can bring her back on. But definitely check out all those links that she has there. She has so much great stuff. Yes, so many people are thank you. And then subhanAllah, if you guys need me for anything, you can always DM me on um, Instagram. You guys know where I am because uh, I contacted a lot of you guys, but I'll put it up here, mindful. Muslima, you know that's where I am. But thank you so much, guys, for coming on. And inshallah, I will find the replay. But thank you, Hanan. Thank you so much. This is so, so much fun. I love the platform that you've created. And I hope you guys all have an amazing day, inshallah. Inshallah. Jazakum Allahu khairan. Goodbye, guys. Talk to you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.